I don't understand why it takes a week to count the votes. Well, actually, I do, because I think people are doing that intentionally. But here's the thing. Hello and welcome to the Political Notebook podcast. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher here talk with my dad, Robert Robb, who's writing on Substack, robertrobb.substack.com. That voice in the beginning was uh, the voice of Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida, who was in town in Phoenix this past weekend to, uh, I guess, boost the candidates here? Or what What was your what was your impression? What's your impression of DeSantis overall? And uh, what do you make of the decision to join the rally circus whatever you whatever you want you want to call uh the slate of candidates we've got here in arizona on the republican side i don't understand why this was in the strategic interest of any of the parties uh, involved Uh, it is a common strategy for a politician who wants to have a larger national profile and role like Uh, DeSantis does uh, to try to help uh, Republicans win election in other states. Um, But DeSantis also is um, booting the possibility to create some sense that while he may be um, a good and strong supporter of the policy part of the Trump agenda, Uh, that he's not associating himself with the destructive and sort of crazy part of the Trump agenda, specifically that Trump actually won the 2020 election. Um, So he comes to Arizona and associates himself uh, with people for whom that has been their primary uh, agenda. Um, So I don't see it helping DeSantis make himself an acceptable alternative to Trump to a wider range of the electorate. Uh, And then for Carrie Lake and Blake Masters, um, it is sort of doubling down on Trumpism uh, uh, as they begin their general election quest uh, where uh, presumably, they need to expand their political base, uh, not reinforce the things that make their political bases narrow. The only way in which it makes sense uh, is if their theory of how they win the general election contests uh, is to massively increase the turnout of Trump MAGA voters, uh, and and I think that is um, not a likely successful strategy. I don't think that you can increase base turnout uh, sufficiently to overcome the alienation that you're causing uh, by doubling down in the opening uh, hours of uh, the general election campaign on the things that create a problem with you expanding your base, which you need to do to win the general election. Yeah, I thought it was, I think it's very, very interesting what's going on. They called it, this is the turning point rally uh, on Sunday night, and they they called it the Unite to Win, 
So it's like, you'd think there was some unity going on, but they never once, not that I heard, I, I try to, I try to listen to, to a lot of it. Never once mentioned Governor Ducey. I don't think DeSantis ever mentioned his name a single time. Um, the opening acts before the, before Blake Masters can carry Lake and DeSantis went on the opening acts, uh, features some very extreme rhetoric uh, against the FBI, um, you know, across the Rubicon kind of rhetoric. This is it. This is, you know, everything's at stake with this. So, so that's also continuing to attach themselves to Trump. When you think maybe DeSantis is seeing himself as, well, maybe I'll be the one that they'll go to when Trump is no longer in the picture, maybe the successor to Trump. But the, the rhetoric in the beginning was very much, you know, team Trump. Um, and then again, continue like the clip, that clip there, continuing to cast shade and, and, and cast questions on our election process, which, which every, you know, rational and honest person who's, who's looked at the situation has concluded that the, that, that, uh, Joe Biden won here in, in Arizona in 2020. But I think they're kind of caught, don't you think they're, they're, at least here in Arizona, the candidates are almost caught in a, in a trap. It's like, you've been so extreme. I even noticed what they were saying about the, but the FBI situation is that if you don't say anything, right, if you, if you try, if you try to go to the middle and you try to court the more moderate voters, um, like someone like Blake Masters, for example, the, the right wing is going to turn on them, isn't it? I mean, if, if you were to, if you were to calmly say, you know, we don't know that much information yet, let's see how this plays out. Aren't you going to be attacked as a traitor and then, and then lose that. So it just seems to me, they're kind of caught. Everyone's caught by this, by this, what, you know, what they've created for themselves. Blake Masters appears to be trying to, um, file the harsh edges of his political persona, uh, in some respects, he's sort of softened his position on abortion and, and he's softened his position on, uh, private retirement accounts as part of, um, social security. Um, uh, so he, he, he's at least making some modest moves to try to make himself more acceptable to a broader general, um, election electorate. Um, Carrie Lake's doing nothing. Um, but to the extent it involves Trump, I do believe that they're kind of caught, uh, even though there are very sensible things that you can say about um, this being uh, a unprecedented big step. Um, the American people deserve more information. Uh, and so there's a variety of things that you could say short of saying uh, the FBI is uh, politically targeting uh, Donald Trump. But, but I think you're right. Anything short of a full-throated defense uh, of Trump uh, and a denunciation of uh, the FBI um, doing a search of, of his residence uh, would not go down well with the MAGA base, uh, which is what elected um, these candidates. And then, and then Ron DeSantis, he, he is, get, gets a, gets, Number two in the polls across the nation uh, in the Republican uh, Party after after Trump. Um, but it seems like he's also caught in a trap that he cannot 
or he, he's making the decision not to directly confront Trump, right? And, and to not try to forge his own way forward separately than, than Trump. It seems like he is, his strategy is to try to attach himself to Trump's base and to be the person that they turn to if and when Trump is no longer uh, in, in the picture. But it seems like Trump is not going to, it's always seemed to me that, that Trump is not going to go off the stage willingly. So you're going to have to actually do something to take the reins from, from his grip on the party. And it seems like everything they do is just reinforcing the, the kind of trap that they're in. Well, what, what you described is the failed uh, strategy that Ted Cruz uh, attempted to deploy in the 2016 election. Uh, and I think DeSantis had some room uh, to create uh, not a anti-Trump pathway for himself, um, but a independent of Trump pathway and a pathway that made him more acceptable uh, to a uh, broader general election electorate. Um, and, and he's choosing not to do that. I mean, he, he, he um, Youngkin succeeded with just uh, what he said he would do as governor. DeSantis has a record of doing stuff as governor uh, that appeals significantly to the MAGA audience. Um, he, he doesn't have to echo every complaint uh, or slight uh, that Trump feels. Um, and, and I think that he is both making himself not as appealing to a broader Republican primary electorate, but he's cutting himself off from, uh, if he were to get the nomination, uh, a chance to expand beyond the Trump base in the general election. And he did talk extensively in this in his talk on Sunday about his record, what they've done, you know, on, on COVID and what they've done on uh, all the all the policies. He talked extensively about that, which is is kind of right in line with uh, where the base is at right now. Um, but then also it's it's just a he also has a pretty, pretty um, impressive record you know, beyond his governorship, you know, is, is he's got military service and, um, he was, a he was in the, in the Congress before. So he kind of, to get into the governor's seat in Florida, he needed to, or he decided to, um, pander to Trump and get his endorsement. Um, but I just think that's so interesting. Like the, just the TPUSA was a you know, turning point style, like the fire, they got, they got fireworks coming out. They got this whole show, um, all this splash, but you know, DeSantis doesn't even mention, this is him maybe introducing himself to an Arizona electorate, you know, doesn't even mention any of his, any of his sort of background or history. Um, I don't think it was mentioned. I don't, I don't think that was brought up in the, in the little intro videos that they have now. But you don't think one last question on this, and then I want to go to the um, another another issue that came that's that's coming up right now is the border and and sort of the the, the you know red border states uh, deciding to enforce the enforce the border law on their own. I'm interested in your take on that. Uh, but but one more question on the on the on the matter at hand is do you don't see so you don't really don't think that there's enough energy there's enough enthusiasm 
um, that the base strategy that they're doing could actually win. I mean, they're um, the, the the sort of like the stoking anger about the FBI, stoking anger about what that what happened with COVID. Stoke, you don't think that's enough to gather enough energy and enough uh, voters outside the party to possibly pull off that strategy. I am doubtful. It has a greater chance of succeeding uh, in a midterm election um, where you have a smaller general election electorate. Um, it has a greater chance this cycle, uh, given uh, how much uh, this is perceived to be a referendum on the Biden administration and a sense of dispiritedness among uh, Democrats and Democratic uh, voters. Um, so uh, it has a greater chance of succeeding in a midterm and in this specific cycle. Um, but I'm still doubtful that it's enough, um, particularly given the, uh, that a third of the electorate uh, are independents uh, and in terms of turnout, it probably will be closer to a quarter of general election voters. Uh, and I think even if Republican turnout is higher, Democratic turnout, which was extremely high in 2020, equaled on a percentage basis Republican turnout, even if that is depressed, uh, I don't think that gives you enough votes without getting a pretty healthy share of the independents and uh, masters uh, to a lesser extent, Carrie Lake to a larger extent, are pursuing no strategies um, to get a decent share of the independent vote, which I think mathematically will probably be necessary to get them over the top. So I'm skeptical, but if there was an election cycle in which it might succeed, this could be it. Well, you know the you know their fallback strategy if if these Republican candidates lose <laughs> is going to be crying, crying fraud. Uh, so I'm just bracing myself for all that because um, yeah. you know I mean with all all four candidates that are all four statewide or however many statewide Republicans, none of them are have accepted the 2020 race even. So 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 pretty we can be I think pretty confident that um, we're going to re, re, rehash this whole claim of rigged elections all over again so we'll we'll see <laughs> bracing ourselves for for that one um well, what's your take uh, last to topic here on the seems like you know governor ducey over the weekend started stacking a bunch of uh shipping <laughs> containers on the on the border and sort of admitting that it's questionable that they're allowed to do that but then desantis and this is a bit being an uh an ongoing conversation um, on the right is sort of making an interest. I think Carrie Lake calls it an interstate compact or something, where you know where you would band together and, and enforce the border, even though the when the federal government's you know in their opinion is not doing enough. Ron DeSantis said, "Oh, I'll send. I've talked to Carrie Lake, and I can send over some National Guards people to help you enforce the border." What's your what's your perspective on on those on those actions and the and the discussions about well 
taking matters into the the own hands yeah. of the states. Kerry Lake has uh, adopted the cockamamie um, legal theory uh, that uh, Attorney General uh, Mark Burnovich uh, propounded in in something that was I understood politically, but did not understand how a self-respecting lawyer um, could opine, but. Um, Brnovich opined and Lake has echoed that the state can declare itself under invasion and can, uh, by doing that, uh, take over uh, all of the federal government's immigration authority, including the ability to arrest people and deport people. Um, I think that's a cockamamie political theory. Uh, and uh, I, I don't fully understand why Republican candidates have gone from appropriately and legitimately blaming the federal government uh, for not um, securing the border and not doing what it could do to secure the border to saying we don't need the federal government, we can do it ourselves, um, when it's clear that they can't do it themselves. I mean, Ducey's been governor for eight years. Uh, the Arizona border is not secure. It won't be secure after he puts these containers uh, in place. Uh, the Arizona attempted uh, with Proposition uh, or SB 1070 to create parallel state crimes um, and, and to the federal immigration offenses. Uh, in order to adjudicate them in state court. Um, and the U.S. Supreme Court said that that was beyond the power of um, the states to do. That was an illegitimate attempt to do something significant that might affect um, and make the border more secure. The Supreme Court said the state doesn't have that authority. Um, so you're left um, nibbling at at the edges and not producing results. So I, I, and I don't understand why they're setting themselves up for failure. I mean, if, if, if governors can secure the border, why hasn't Ducey done it uh, in eight years? Why hasn't Abbott uh, done it in Texas? Um, and it's clear that the National Guard can provide administrative backup to uh, uh, the federal uh, immigration officers, but they can't arrest people for vi for violating our immigration laws. We can't incarcerate them in state uh, facilities. We can't deport them. All that requires the federal government. And the thing that would really secure the border, which is uh, universal use of E-Verify uh, for in employment eligibility, can only be done by the federal government. Do you think I have kind of some issues with with the with the e-verify question, but do you think maybe that they're taking it to the whole next level? I mean, because you're saying, oh, they they're not going to be able to do it. They're not going to be able to enforce this law. But it seems like the energy on the right right now is is sort of um, not really wanting to respect the authority of the national government. I mean, talking about abolishing the FBI and the, some of the rhetoric that's coming out, it's been pretty extreme. Um, 
and some of our, I mean, some of our local folks here may be under investigation by the FBI for the whole fake elector thing. But do you, do you think, do you think they're taking it to a whole new level? It's like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to step over more boundaries, um, and, and maybe start to do things that are just not in the, in the interest of the, or not in the legal range. <laughs> it, it, it may be that, that, uh, and I presume, based upon what all Republicans are saying these days, uh, that their base voters want them to pledge to secure the border, even if the federal government won't. That's almost precisely the language that Ducey uh, is using. Um, but they can't do it, so they're not—they're <laughs> not even—they're not playing political chess. Can't do it like 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 practically, they wouldn't be able to do it. No, they, they, they don't have the legal authority to do it, and they're not going to put the manpower in place to do it. I mean, the, the Arizona legislature appropriated some money for um, border fencing, uh, and what they got are some um, crates. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it can't be done. So, so they're not only not playing political chess, they're not even playing political checkers. They're not looking beyond the the very first move which is to use a bunch of inflated rhetoric about what you can accomplish at the state level um and it's going to fail um so what what do they do then carrie gate carrie lake gets elected um nothing's going to happen in the next two years while the biden administration is in charge um so what does she say why i mean she she said that elect, elect, elect me and I'll secure the border. The border remains unsecure. What are you going to do? I mean, it's like Ducey's um, border strike force. It's, it's been around for five or six years now. Um, there's no appreciable change in the situation on the border as a result of all of that um, ballyhooed state activity. It, it just so you, can't so be you... solved at the state level. So you think the only, um, you know, I have, again, I have, I have some concerns that that, that legal authority that you mentioned is going to be not, not very taken very seriously if, if, uh, um, some of these folks get into office. Um, so you, so you think it's just a political mistake too, because less likely to get elected to national office if you're, if you're taking the, if you're taking the blame away or taking the yeah, responsibility I, I, away. Yeah, I think it's strategically a mistake because it takes the focus away from the national uh, government, which is the only place that um, a more secure border can can be achieved. Uh, but but, well, but I mean, the, Maricopa County is paying millions of dollars uh, because of Joe Arpaio. Um, going around and uh, using the pretext of traffic violations uh, to arrest uh, Latinos um, in search of uh, those who are here uh, illegally. Millions of dollars. The liability, if Carrie Lake really attempted to call out the National Guard uh, to arrest, incarcerate, and deport uh people who are here illegally, the liability would be massive. Um, it's, it's, 
it's it's sort of very frustrating to me to see what a true discussion of a true serious problem disorder on the border uh, is resulting in these fantasy solutions at the state level uh, and by doing that taking the eye off where the only solution whatever it, you think it should be uh, can be achieved and that's by Congress and and uh, the federal government so I haven't fully thought through my concerns about you verify but I'll just just throw out a couple of thoughts and see, see how you respond to them. I just have a, so the E-Verify is when you basically electronically check through the, through the national database or something, whether someone has legal status to work, correct? Correct. So, so my, my, my concern is just creating that database and, and, and having some sort of digital, um, just some, so some sort of digital, permission to, 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 to make money and to, and to work. I don't know. It's, I, and I know, I, I, I understand it from like a practical perspective. It's like, Oh, well, if, if everyone does this, then you won't have anyone, you know, wanting to come here because they won't actually work. I just, it just kind of bothers me. Kind of like the creepy drone flying around in, in Blake Masters commercials <laughs> where it's like, where it's like, I just am a little creeped out by this whole digital verification. That's like, you know, and I, you know, well, it, I almost have the philosophy is like, okay, you're here, you know, it's, you know, what do you do about that? The, you know, the, the database already exists and it basically consists of social security numbers and, um, visas that include, uh, the permission uh, to work. Uh, it is already used, uh, to verify eligibility for a variety of federal benefit programs. Uh, it can be used nationally voluntarily uh, by um, employers. And there's a law in Arizona that requires uh, employers to use E-Verify. Um, uh, and it's extremely uh, accurate. So it's, it's a proven technology. Uh, it already exists. The rule for E-Verify is that you can only use it to confirm uh, the eligibility of a new applicant for a job. And you can only access it after you've decided to extend the offer. So you can't use it to screen applicants. And you can't use it to screen your existing um, workforce. It can't be uh, done retroactively. Um, so my own view is that the real wall is an E-Verify uh, universal requirement because that would close off the formal economy to uh, new illegal immigrants. Um, and so they could only participate in the informal economy. And I don't think that would be the kind of draw that uh, currently exists. And there already is a requirement that employers verify the uh, eligibility of new workers. It's just a paper system uh, that's ineffective. Um, basically, you're, they're supposed to see some kind of ID, which is e easily forged, um, and accept the attestation of the applicant as to 
their eligibility. So we already have a universal system, it's just an ineffective one, whereas we could replace it with E-Verify, which would be effective and would, I think, reduce illegal immigration um, for, in, for work seekers uh, to a, a trickle rather than a gusher. Well, I want to think on that. I want to think on it a little more, read about it a little more, maybe talk about it, um, maybe as part of a conversation about comprehensive immigration reform and all the, all the, all the adjustments and changes that we, we could, could benefit from. I'm just thinking about, you know, so many people that have been living here for years and years and years. And, and we just, <laughs> there's Congress has not acted in a comprehensive way in this issue. And, and, um, I don't think we should stop trying. Um, and and there's also an interesting question here in Arizona, Prop 308, um, that I think would be good to talk about in the in the future um, about um, basically dreamers and and the opportunities for dreamers to pay the same in-state tuition they've been going to school here in Arizona um, as other in-state students. So a couple a couple items that are in my back of my mind to talk about on future episodes. Um, also maybe touch on the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, I, I still have to process that a little more. Uh, Dad, you wrote about it this morning called the name fraudulent, <laughs> fraudulent name. So if you want to read about that, read what, uh, read what he wrote about that. Check out robrob.substack.com. Um, keep listening to the political notebook. Uh, We'll try to go pretty consistently uh, here through the through the election. Um, you can subscribe to the Political Notebook podcast on Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks. <laughs>